0: This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier Chelsea. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea. It's one of your hosts here, Jackie. I'm here with my good friend Rahul. Rahul, how are you feeling about this past weekend, my friend? I'm in pain, my friend. I'm in pain. You want to talk about pain? You know what happened to me today, Rahul? I had a root canal, and I think you know that's a pretty painful experience to go through. However, you know what's more painful? Conceding a goal in the 94th minute after having a goal in the 87th minute. It it is something where you go from almost winning to a draw, and the draw makes it feel like a loss, doesn't it?
1: It, I mean, it absolutely does. I think we would have been happy with the draw if it ended nil-nil. Uh but given how late we scored and you mentioned it, and then how close that ball is to being either side of the line, you just sometimes you just you just sit back and think about the game and how cruel it can be, but in other times, if it goes our way, we celebrate so uh I think a draw was the right result at the end, but you're right, I think with seven five six minutes to go you you just have to hold on, and I know
0: it's easier said than done, but it is what it is. It's a tough one to swallow. I will rather have another Ruth Canal than watch us lose <laughs> another game like that again. But yeah, and you and said see, lose I, because yeah, it, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I say it's lose because mentally it felt like that. I think one thing I'll say before we kind of dissect into the game, I was actually with the Houston Blues supporters club watching the game. Great turnout. We had a good amount of people in there watching. And overall, Rahul, the atmosphere is kind of flat because I mean you will talk about the game, it overall wasn't too exciting when that Jorginho penalty goes in. That place, the roof blows off. We're excited. 87 minutes. Everybody knows we're going to win this. But when the goal goes in in the 94th minute, you can only hear one Man United fan screaming by himself in the corner. And we're just like, get this guy out of here at this point because it was a tough one to swallow. But why don't you run through the starting 11? And I don't think we're going to go through the game necessarily because we've kind of highlighted the two you know, opportunities with Jorginho and and the, pe- pe- sorry, the header from, um, I think it was uh, Casemiro scoring his first goal. So why don't you go through the yep. starting 11 and we'll kind of go some key highlights here.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think the reason for not doing the whole game by game is it was a tactical battle and I think um, there was not much in terms of major plays. But anyway, the starting 11 for Chelsea, no surprises, Kepa continued in goal. Uh, Chalaba, Thiago Silva, Cucurella in the back three, Aspilicueta, Jorginho, Loftus-Cheek, Ben Chowal in the middle four. Uh, and then the front three, as expected,
0: was Mount Aubameyang and Raheem Sterling. Do you like the back three for Graham Potter? Or do you think our team plays better in a four when he's coaching? You know, it's,
1: it's a great question. And I think it, it depends on the opponent, Mm -hmm. right? And we've seen this against, uh, I think of Brentford, we played a three, we played a three against Milan. Um, and we've seen good results come out of at least the two Milan games, Brentford, not so much, um, this formation, in my opinion, is heavily reliant on the wingbacks and what they bring to the team. And I know we've said we've got capable replacements for Reese James, but without Reese James, you just lose a little bit of that edge going forward. Um, not that Reese James would have changed the performance too much in this game because I think ultimately we were found out in the middle of the park. Uh, And that, that is why the change was made uh, in the 35th, 36th minute. But um, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one because even with the four, I wasn't comfortable when Mm. we were defending and neither was I comfortable with the three and we weren't comfortable going forward with either of those. So it's just, it's, it's not working right now, just the way we want it to. And of course, there's a lot of games that are being played. So you you just kind of go from game to game and, and see how things go. But ideally I'd like us to be in a four now uh, and now that we've seen Potter with the four defenders and what we can do up front that w- that's where I'd
0: like us to be but I don't know <laughs> yeah and and the reason I asked the question you kind of touched on it a little bit was because we started with the three but we went to the four and we'll open up I think that's one of the first key moments of the game first 30 odd minutes I think Man United were the better side rahul not necessarily in terms of being clinical or goal scoring they had chances but they had a lot of the possession. They controlled the game. At some point in the bar, as we were watching, I just felt like we didn't really get out of our last third, let alone the half. We were kind of pinned in. Man United played some really good football. Again, a lot of neat things, but I didn't feel like they were going to score. But you feel that pressure building when you're kind of pinned up against your own goal. And so 30 minutes, 33 minutes, I think, uh, Potter makes a change and ticks off Kukureya and brings on Kovacic. And so that's where this whole discussion started as to why he changed it. It seemed to kind of help a little bit to have that extra body in midfield, right?
1: Yeah, it absolutely did. Because if you look at United, uh, they had a back four. They had Casemiro sitting in front of that four. Uh, and then they have Ericsson and Bruno Fernandes who are ahead of him. But they almost come back into yeah. midfield when we're, we're having possession. And Anthony and Sancho can drop back in too. So Ideally, or in, you're looking at a 4-5 uh, situation, and we just struggled with that. We yeah. just didn't have enough bodies. Uh, Jorginho and Loftus-Cheek for how good they can be uh, did get found out. And once you get bypassed our midfield, you're you on to our defense and you're on to uh, Chalova, Silva, Kukureya. And with the likes of Rashford, Anthony having the movement, the pace, the ability to dribble past these guys – it was it was tough and it was almost like when are United going to score? Because like you said, they had the better chances. Kepa pulled up pulled off a decent save from Rashford. Um, and so something had to give. And so you gotta give credit to Potter, like you mentioned. He he saw that, he changed it, he didn't wait an extra 10 minutes to say, let's just make it to halftime, because we may not have made it to halftime yeah. level. Uh yeah, so you gotta- I, I
0: too- yeah, sorry, I too was very pleased with the change and give him a lot of credit because I think under Thomas Tuchel, and maybe that's where you were going, was it would be stale no matter what was going on. There was not going to be a change till maybe to 70th minute, sometimes 80th minute, and by then, the game's kind of won and lost. But I was going to use a follow-up section from this, which is why did he pick kukure And I think before we started recording, you had alluded to that there was potentially he's struggling with the bug or a virus or may have been sick even.
1: Yeah, from what we hear, he's, he's had a tonsillitis operation, so he's lost some weight. Uh, and that may have affected his performances over the last few weeks, where we've we've not seen the Kukurea that we thought we were getting. Right. And of course he's playing it as a as a center back, and Chowell's performing in the position that maybe he would prefer to be in. Uh apart from that, I think if you look at our our squad, Jackie, we Koulibaly misses this game, Kofana mm-hmm. is out, Reese James is out. So you're almost short on defenders, which is weird to say because we still have when we put out what. As for Chalova, Silva, Kukurea, Bencho. So what are five defenders? Yeah. And we're saying we're short on defenders. Uh, but then if you look a step beyond and you look at midfield, Golo Conte isn't there. Kovacic, from what we've heard from Potter, has been carrying a knee injury that he's been trying to limit his numbers, but has been forced into this game and the previous game against Brentford to play him. Uh, and so I think it just comes down to we don't have enough bodies that are fit and ready to go in. So you're almost going with, and I'm sure they look at the data on these guys and you're saying who's closest to injury, who's high risk. And some of these guys, maybe like a Kukurea, isn't at that yeah. point. And so you play him and try to protect Kovacic, but ultimately you have to play Kovacic who puts everything on the, on the pitch, including his, his jersey.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> situation a little bit later because I think it's a fun way to wrap up the segment. But let's come back to the defense. You said we are light in defense. I think that's fair because I'm looking at the subs bench from the game. There wasn't another defender on the bench. At this point, it is who he picked. Those are the starting five. That's who he can go from. But when he makes this change, we go to the back four. One man seems to have gone through a, a strong run in the side, and that's Trevor Chaloba. And I think with him, Rahul, we still – and I could be wrong – but we still haven't lost a game when Trevor Chaloba starts the game. Is that a fair statement or a fair stat that we've heard on the internet here? Yeah,
1: you're you're spot on. We haven't lost a game. And uh, you could say we lost the cup finals that he started in, but ultimately they ended as a draw as even uh, 120 minutes in. So uh, we haven't lost a game. I think he's now played 25 premier league games and he hasn't lost a game for us. Uh, And that's credit to him. That's credit to the squad because, you could easily, and, and you just take this game for an example, be down 1-0, be down 2-0, and suddenly you're you're uh, going in as a whole different op- uh, proposition into the second half. But just focusing on Chalaba, I think if you think about the names that are missing, and of course, once they come back, the question is, does Chalaba maintain his spot? But he's he's almost put himself into a position where if England lose a couple more defenders through injury, whatever be the case... His name is going to come up to be saying, you know what, he could go to, or at least be part of that preliminary squad that could be uh, heading to Qatar. And you would say that's fair on recent form. He's put in the performances. He's learning from Thiago Silva, which I like because he came in last season. He was in and out this season. He's got an extended run in the last few weeks. And uh, yes, he, he does have those rash mistakes in him. But as a young man, 23 years old, Looking at the players around you, I know you and I were talking about Fofana, who's younger than him, but is almost
0: ahead of him in the pecking order. He's he's holding his own and he's doing pretty well. No, and I think you actually said it very well with the fact that if everybody's fit, he's probably our fourth choice center back. So whether in the back three, he's looking on from the outside. If you're playing with a back four, he's even further down the pecking order. So very tough situation for him to be in. But at the age of 23, Rahul, playing alongside Thiago Silva, and, and to some some degree... Koulibaly, I think he's going to learn from those two guys and kind of grow from there. It's nice because there's been a little bit of pain from us Chelsea fans losing Tariq Lamte. Would he have been a great wing back to replace Reese James in these situations? Mark guihi another centre-back that could have been there to fill in the situation. And, of course, Tamori, who is now having a wonderful time at AC Milan, of course, except against Chelsea. But these are the names that have come through. They didn't cost us anything, which you look at what we paid for for Fofana at 70 million and uh, Koulibaly, I think 43, 44 million. You wonder if these names that stayed behind one, the squad's a little bigger. We play a lot of football Two, these are all homegrown guys. And to Chaloba's credit, you can see he puts his body in the line. He puts his heart and soul out there. And I'm not saying Tiago Silva doesn't do that. He absolutely 100% does, but it's nice to have a boy that's been there, done that and grown through us with the Academy.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, uh, being an academy player, all you wish for and hope for are chances, and then you have to perform. And uh, I know we've got other academy products that are doing well, but if you focus on just Shalaba and what he's achieved in the last year or so, you can you can absolutely be proud of it as Shalaba and as a supporter supporting him and the team. So uh, long may it continue. And like I said, if it ends up, even if it doesn't end up in Qatar, but at least close to being considered that's
0: a great, great position to be in a, a year into your your career at Chelsea. Yeah, absolutely. I wish him the best. I hope he continues this way, especially with injuries that are happening. I hope he stays fit as well. That's a big one. But let's talk about Graham Potter and some changes, Rahul. From game to game, he makes a good amount of changes. It's not just a one player here, there or two. He actually rotates the squad pretty heavily. One man that can't seem to get a start is Christian Pulisic. And he's looked lively. We covered him in the last episode. He's looked very lively and exciting. What does he have to do? Uh, <laughs> hey, if I if I had the
1: answer, I I would be I would be telling him, not not talking about it here. But I don't know because it's it's tough. I look at where he plays and the position he plays in. We bought a player for fifty odd million to come in and do do a job who's got a tremendous history in in the Premier League. He scored goals. He's been an influential player in the league for Man City for Liverpool. And that's Raheem Sterling. And I think if you've rested Sterling midweek against Brentford, he's always going to be playing against Manchester United. And it's funny, when he comes off in this game, I think the commentator said this is now 34 appearances or something against Manchester United without a goal. And you start thinking, well, in that case, should he have been rested in this game? Because (laughs) it didn't really add much. He was a little clumsy on the ball, clumsy off the ball. And look, it's easy for us to analyze this sitting at home, not not being in the heat of things, but you come to expect a lot better from, from Raheem Sterling. And when you look at what Pulisic offers, and yes, in this game, maybe not so much, but against Brentford, against Wolves, he is coming in form. And I think the only way you continue that is by playing him and by giving him the minutes. Now, Could he have come on a little bit earlier? Maybe. Could he have taken Sterling off a little bit earlier? Maybe. But I don't know. I don't know how Sterling gets out of this team unless it's part of just saying enough. I've had enough of of this, and I need to give Pulisic a chance.
0: To to cut to the chase, right, these two names go hand-in-hand. Pulisic's not playing because Raheem Sterling is playing, but to be very honest, and it it hurts sometimes to say this, the last four or five games, Raheem Sterling has not been at his best. He's probably one coming off of form because he started the season well, but lately he's not been involved enough. He's not making tackles or, not tackles, but driving runs into the box and skipping tackles, that's what I meant to say. He's not finding assists. It's just not working for him, and I get it that he's your marquee signing. He's won the Premier League. But ultimately, I think this is where I expect a little bit more from Graham Posse. And maybe he's trying not to rock the boat, Rahul. Maybe that's what it comes down to. But we have been told that he has a very good knack about putting an arm around the shoulder. In fact, I think in the last episode, you said that he's going to put an arm around the shoulder of this guy, that guy. Let them know what's going on and figure it out. Maybe it's time to tell Raheem, look, you need to go train harder. You need to get your head focused so that when you come on in the last 15, 20 minutes, Get a goal, get an assist, do something that dazzles me. Because right now, I hate to do this, but it's like Kai Havertz. So they're both kind of just, we're carrying them at mm-hmm. this point until they make it work, right? So it's a tough situation to have because he's probably been brought on to be the star or the number one starter. Maybe those are the promises made to him. I don't know. But at some point, Chelsea has to come first. I think we've said this before. And if it's not Pulisic, maybe Hakim Ziyech. Def- you know, gets a chance. If it's not Hakim oh. Ziyech, maybe Hakim <laughs> Ziyech. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's Carney Rahul. Maybe Carney gets a chance because he's looked lively when he comes on. But that's the point I'm trying to make with Raheem Sterling and Christian Pulisic, I guess. I think I think for
1: Sterling, as you were saying it, I look three weeks ahead. I look four weeks ahead. It's a World Cup, right? And he's 27, 28 mm-hmm. in that age range. This could be his in terms of his prime the world cup for him to perform do the best he can and so when when you were talking about he's not driving in or dribbling or taking on defenders I, I have the same feelings I'm like you're a winger you're supposed to be taking on these defenders you're supposed to be tricky you know quick with your tricks and and just doing something that beats your man and you turn tend to pass it back or pass it to the yeah. side and maybe the world cup is playing on his mind and he's saying. Good point. Maybe I take on this defender and I get hurt here right. or I get tackled hard and something goes wrong or I play it safe, continue playing in this game, keep myself fit going into the World Cup, because like I said, this could be the World Cup where he comes alive and I know oh, we'll be talking about it's coming home and, and all of that stuff. But that that's just something that occurred to me right now. And I don't know how true it is, but we all want to see way more out of him because I look on the other side and Mason Mount isn't worried about what's going to happen in three weeks. He's worried about what's going to happen in the next 30 seconds.
0: That's a very, very strong point there because you know he's one that's the first name on the English sheet for guys. Right. To get. And so if he's not worried about what his fitness is, to me at the end of the day, Rahul, while we've always said we've supported England as kids and watched them growing up, we are Chelsea fans first, they are Chelsea players first. And so this is tough because FIFA put a World Cup in the middle of a of a season. It is what it is. We're here now. But at some point, we need these points. They're going to make a difference. Newcastle's hot on our heels. Manchester United now coming back into form. So it's going to make it very, very difficult. I want to stick with the English boys for a minute because we talked about Chaloba. We talked about Raheem Sterling. Another man that divides opinion, but he could have a a chance to go to the World Cup as well as Ruben Loftus-Cheek. He's now played very consistently. And when I say consistently, I don't mean at his highest level yet. I think he can go another gear, but he's in and around the Chelsea game game squad every week. He divides opinion, Rahul. I've been sitting at the bar, and there's some players, some fans that love him. He's awesome, he's big, he's strong. Other fans just go, he doesn't know how to pass, he's slow, he's labored. And I I am I am on the one of the sides that say I like him. I think he does a good job. And so it's difficult to see it from that end. But then you go online and he gets this tremendous amount of hate as well, which is difficult to see because ultimately we are criticizing here Raheem Sterling, but I'm not going to say he's garbage. (laughs) We can't talk like that about these players, right? So we look at this, and I I wonder, he could be in line for an England squad. I don't know, with the likes of Jordan Henderson maybe not being in good form, he could find a way to squeeze in. What's your opinion, Ruben Loftus-Cheek? And I know you shared this before, but now he's been in the squad about four, five, six games in a row.
1: Yeah, I'm a fan of Loftus-Cheek. I think we saw the best of him before that injury yes he's been good in the last few weeks even the last year or so but I think the real Ruben lost his cheek was in that sorry season where uh, he was driving forward taking on players getting in the box scoring Um, in this role maybe a little bit different from from what he was asked to be he was being asked to do there but I think I get everything I expect from Loftus Jig. I'm not expecting him to to be a goal scorer. I'm not expecting him to be a defensive midfielder. He's almost like a box-to-box kind of a guy where he's providing the energy. He's covering for Jorginho in attack. He's covering for Jorginho in defense if needed. Um, he's playing on the right when he's needed. He's playing on the, on the in, in the attack a little bit when Kovacic comes on. So... I, for the guys that are expecting more, my my question is, what more are you expecting? Because after Sheik is doing the job he's asked to be, he's being asked to do because he's a central midfielder who's not known for goal scoring. He's not known for defending, assist. He's there to do a job, and he's doing it. I think the bigger problem, Jack, is our midfield in general yeah. here. Without Angolo Conte, we're short on numbers. We know that we're short of energy. We're short of the just the mindset, and that's something you you're, you're born with, and you just can't develop over time. Is understanding where to be and when to be, and how to intercept balls. and And you look at when Conte is there, all of a sudden he ends up in places you don't even expect as while you're watching it. So it's just a whole different different feeling without him. And I think going into next summer, going into January, we need to start looking at options of bringing someone in, bringing in a different approach. And not an N'Golo Conte per se, but someone that can do that, but also be the guy that provides the assists on the other side.
0: I think that's where you struggle with Ruben Loftus-Cheek for Hull because he's paired with Jorginho, who doesn't really offer much as far as assists goes. And and he has passing this bucket, but it doesn't always come out. He doesn't score goals unless it's a penalty. So they're kind of similar in that regard as far as output goes. And then we're expecting N'Golo level. Effort where Ingolo Kante is this rare oddity that's basically two players in one. And, and, and I mean that like literally and figuratively. I think literally <laughs> when he brings the energy of two players to the pitch and figuratively he plays two roles, he can come back and do that defensive role, but then at the same time bomb forward on the right and get in an, an odd goal or an assist with something crazy that he does. So tough shoes to fill. I think he's doing well. Chelsea fans give him time given the injuries that we have in this midfield. He is going to be around for a while. So we'll see how that goes. But one more man that's injury, we'll wrap it up with him. Kovacic nursing that knee injury that you you mentioned. Not only does he have a knee injury, but he left all his clothes on the pitch <laughs> as well. But that was an interesting sight, Rahul. Do you know what happened there? Because some some viral videos and pictures have released of Kovacic just completely naked, except for underwear. <laughs> and I mean, some some fans enjoyed it. I must say, I saw some stuff on, online where fans were absolutely loving it. Other fans were like, Kovacic, put some clothes on, man. <laughs>
1: I, I think someone he must have given his shirt to someone and then someone asked for his shorts because there's a video of him talking to a fan and then he gives his shorts over. Right? <laughs> I I don't know. I mean he maybe he didn't want to say no, which is nice of him. Uh, but then he has run across the pitch in his underwear, which hey, he he's got the body for it. Let me I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, but um I don't know. It was just funny and I guess a light hearted moment after the the heartbreak that we just had a few
0: minutes ago. And it's not the first time he's he's done this either. I think he did this in Thomas Tuchel's last game in Croatia. Actually, Thomas Tuchel came out and said, <laughs> everybody there knows who Kovacic was. They wanted his his shirt. They wanted his flip-flops. They wanted his boot. They wanted his shorts. He walked off to the team bus in his underwear. Luckily, I'm sure he borrowed it from some friends in there <laughs> when he got there. But what a nice guy. That's something that shows that he's willing to share everything that he needs to. But. To sum it up, Rahul, I think not good enough overall as as Chelsea goes, if this game ends nil-nil, we're happy. But it's that final mentality to just hold off that game, get the three points that's gonna make a difference at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, look, it's it's tough when you've not been the better side and then you get put in a position, which we did get a gift from McTominay. Mm-hmm. And and credit to Broya for maybe encouraging that a little bit. We don't know if he was maybe holding him and then he lets go, but McTominay doesn't. So credit to him for that. I think his size and his physicality is going to be helpful to us, especially in these kind of games where it's tight We're defending or we're on a set piece and, and defenders have to defend him. But ultimately, like you said, it wasn't good enough from the beginning. Yes, the change happens, things get better, but it was a tactical battle between two managers that were basically just one would make a sub, the other one would make a sub. One would make a sub, the other one would make a sub. And and just trying to cancel each other out. you got to give credit to United and 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 Ten Hag for saying, we played Potter first season, first game of the season. We've learned from that. We know how to play his system. We know where to attack them. And they did. Um, but that goal at the end was... I, I don't know how you prevent it because it's two players on Cho'ul and Cho'ul can't really do much. Kepa does his best. In some cases, maybe you just take that foul there where the, before the ball comes in, create a, give away a foul. It's all things in hindsight. It's been done. We've conceded. We take a point for the fifth time against United. Um, and I, I don't even know when we'll beat them because we've played bad United teams and we've not won. We've played a decent team here. We've almost won, but not won. I don't know, maybe Mourinho needs to come back so we
0: can get fired up again. (laughs) He used to bring the fire back into the team. But no, we'll leave it at that and end the Chelsea review there because we've got a lot more to talk about. I said that we kind of didn't have the mentality in the Chelsea game. Speaking of someone who doesn't have mentality, the bottle job team, Tottenham Hotspur losing to Newcastle (laughs) 2-1. And and Rahul, I'm being funny because Newcastle are a brilliant side and we need to give them the credit where it is. But Tottenham started the season... Like a house on fire and it seems to have fizzled off at this point. Yeah, it's three defeats
1: in the last five. Um and so it's 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 tough, but I think they're still sitting third, I believe. Yeah. Uh, um so they've got a decent platform to build off of. Yes, you're gonna have a few shaky results like they're having now. But Newcastle, man, they're they're organized team, they they're hungry, which is what you know, when Mourinho first came in and Chelsea were, and I'm not comparing the two teams because we've obviously won and gone on to do great things, but they seem to be on the cusp of there's players that just want to achieve something and and do something great. And they have the backing from the club and they're sitting in fourth now. If they make it into Champions League, can you even imagine the type of players they'll start bringing in? And they've done it in the right way, which is what we, we want to point out is, Everything that's gone on with the ownership and their issues there, that's a whole different ball game. But what they've done on the pitch, with the recruitment, with the players, with Eddie Howe, I mean, the player well manager we didn't even think was on the on the on the books for them. Here he is doing great things. So uh, I think we may have to reach out to our friend Christian to talk more about them before our game in a couple of weeks.
0: we We actually have to, roll, because one thing that's interesting is I think, they did sign good players in the transfer window. And I think they signed the players that they needed, not necessarily the big name stars out there that would come there and drive the Ferrari and be late to work or whatnot. I think they signed players that fit what they needed. But you have to take a step back and look at what Eddie Howe has done, right? I think San Maximo was already there. He's become another level. And he was always very good. But you look at Miguel Alneron, and he was not scoring that many goals in his few seasons. He seems to have turned him around. Joe Linton, I think you had talked about him He goes off injured, I think, in the game, but he worked super hard from converting him to be a striker that they spend a lot of money on. But now he's this robust adds to the midfield and helps Callum Wilson staying fit. That's helping them tremendously. So all the pieces and and I forgot Kieran Trippier, who everybody called him a, a merchant. He wants to steal all this money. But Rahul, he puts everything out there when he's playing. He really does come and show that Newcastle fans that he's here to stay. He wants to do something with them. How far that can go this season? Maybe Champions League, maybe even Europe, and that's fine. They go from there, but they're becoming a real thorn in the big four, big six side, and somebody we have to watch about. So if, Christian, you're listening, let us know when you're ready. I think it's going to be a good conversation to have of the progression of Newcastle from last season to this. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk about another team that's bottling things lately, and that's Liverpool. The mighty Liverpool, (laughs) who actually came off a good result recently, uh, to Nottingham Forest, Rahul, 1-0. I didn't get the opportunity to watch this game, but I'm hearing little rumors here and there. They're not the same Liverpool, are they?
1: They're not, but it you. it's the magic of the Premier League. You beat yeah. Man City one weekend, and you go to the next and lose to the bottom of the table, uh, Nottingham Forest. I think Salah had four touches. Wow. And it's not being spoken, enough, spoken about enough. That's why I'm mentioning it, because when Lukaku had seven, okay. everyone knew about it, so... Let let's make sure it's the same here, uh, but yeah, I, I it's I don't know it's something's missing in that liverpool team and and mm-hmm. I didn't watch it either, uh, but you would think that they would show up, especially based on the result the week before they would show up, ready to go kind of build off of this of that result and uh, I think from what I saw, they don't have the best record away to Nottingham Forest, so they kind of played into that, and Nottingham Forest, a massive result for a team, a manager that were struggling to get things going, they they
0: made it happen, and hopefully they can continue to push on from here unless they pull a Liverpool. Yeah, and it's a chance for them to, quote-unquote, kick off their season as well, right. because this is a result that will change their head mentally of what they can do in the Premier League, because... Honestly, beating Liverpool, whether it's not the Liverpool we know or not, it's still a very big result for them. So good luck to them. Hopefully they can jump off of this one and go from there. But Steven Jarrod, I said in the last, maybe the last episode, the episode before, his job was pretty much gone and dusted. And it's happened now. He's been fired. He's no longer with Aston Villa. We've heard of the bounce back or the refresher when... A manager's gone, and the players have a wait list off their shoulder. We've, you know, we've seen hit. it a lot. <laughs> we've seen it. We're, we're very familiar with it. But you talk about a 1-0, a 2-0 control the game. But Rahul, 4-0, and that against Brentford as well, right?
1: Yeah, Brentford team that we could barely get one against. Exactly. Uh, Villa got four, and I think they got
0: three in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> So that's not a bounce back. That's just flying off on a rocket somewhere else. So was it a Steven Gerrard issue holding them back? Well, was it his tactics? Was it the negativity around the pitch? I mean, you obviously will never know the true answer, but what's your opinion on that?
1: I mean, you look at this result, right? And the players may have come together and said, we got to perform for ourselves. Forget who the manager is. forget what happened with Gerrard. We got to show the world that we're good enough to be where we are. And we're good enough to play for Villa. On the other side, they may have just said, "That man's gone. Thank God. Let's let's put on a show and show him what he couldn't get out of us." You don't know, but I think something wasn't right. You could see it. The, if you just look at the players who scored in this game, the front three—Bailey, Ings, and Watkins—they were not getting any of these chances or goals in the, in the first few weeks. So. I think they just needed that maybe freedom. They needed something to give them a boost, something to maybe prove to the next manager. And we, at this point, I think we know who it is.
0: Uh, but I'll let you bring that up. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. I, I am Unai Emery, and I am back on the podcast. No, it's I make jokes, but Unai Emery is a fantastic manager. Well, he didn't get the time, in my opinion, at Arsenal, but we've seen what he's done at Villarreal and Sevilla before that. What do you think of him joining Aston Villa? Because he might be able to change this club around. Yeah, I mean, look, Sevilla, Villa Real. I think he
1: just likes the the Villa in that in, in the team name. So <laughs> um, and if he can achieve half the success that he got with those two teams here, I think Villa and their fans will be absolutely delighted. And and I think you're right, time is what we've set it for our coaches, our managers looking at Frank Lampard and Everton, he's been given the time. You're looking at Arteta, who's been given three years at the at that level to be finally make it to the top of the table. So time is going to be key, but as long as he can get the results along the way, I think he'll be he'll be good. And that's another
0: good manager coming into the league, which is exciting in general for the for the league. I was going to say it's a, he's got he's a man with a point to prove, first of all. But another thing about the the, law of the Premier League, right? This is a man that was leading the top of the table with Arsenal, PSG before that. And Villarreal and Sevilla, he had won multiple Europa Leagues with them, taking them to the final stages of the La Liga. So for him to want to leave where he was, Rahul, and now come to Aston Villa, and don't get me wrong, Aston Villa are a massive, massive club, but they're not doing what you would expect of them and what he's used to. So for him to leave, there has to be someone lower to come to the Premier League. Of course, money plays a part. Don't get me wrong. But he wants to come in there and he wants to prove something and he wants to bring this club back up. So the next few months, next year, two years, the Premier League is getting hot and it's going to get very, very competitive. So as a Chelsea fan, worried, but as a Premier League fan and somebody who watches these games week in, week out, absolutely love the competition that's coming in. Yeah, I am. I can't wait to see Mourinho back to to complete the circle. <laughs> that's going to be a fun one. But that covers the Premier League for the weekend. Let's talk a little bit about the women's review. And I know you've got a really detailed report that's come to you this week.
1: I, I definitely have. And the women went away to uh, Brighton. And when I tell you this pitch was looking like a Olympic swimming pool and Michael Phelps would have been <laughs> proud to be here, because hours before the game there was a lot of rain it, the pitch was waterlogged they had an inspection maybe an hour before kickoff surprisingly they said this is going to go ahead everyone was was anticipating it to be canceled i think a lot of fans that were heading there were like waiting for the information so that they didn't make it all the way there anyway we we have a game on uh Chelsea in the third kit For the first time, I believe, at least between the men and the women. And let me say, this kit looks absolutely beautiful. Um, So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Maybe even buy it if you want. Uh, Chelsea's not giving us any of the commissions, but it just looks very beautiful. Uh, But coming into this game, Chelsea had made seven changes from the win against PSG midweek, which was a brilliant way to start off the Champions League uh, group stage, a 1-0 win. Uh, but in this game, there were se- seven changes. Uh, Beth England came in, Lauren James came in, Eve Pariset, uh, Joanna Wrighton, Kinneard, Jess Carter. So a lot of name- names that were not playing uh, the last game came in. Rightly so, the the game was on Thursday against PSG. This was a Sunday kickoff, um, and Chelsea were the better side. Let me just put this out there: Chelsea were the better side. They had the better opportunities, the better shots. Um, there was a penalty shot in the 30th minute from Jess Fleming uh, that was not given. Brighton were kind of happy to, to get out of that. They were happy to play out from the back and did so uh, pretty well, but didn't really have a threat. It was nil-nil at halftime, and then the second half is really where Chelsea turned it off. The The, the game opened up a little bit. I guess Brighton were looking for a goal, uh, and less than two minutes later, we had um, – well, not two minutes, about 15 minutes later, we had a goal – uh, from Beth England. Liam Charles, we're not sure. It was given to Beth England. Um, and it was a beautiful ball put in by Eve Perissette into the box. Who, She's a new signing. She's coming into her own at that right defensive, right-sided player. Um, and it's good to see her settling in and providing these kind of assists because that's what she's She's obviously there to defend, but she also has to give uh, the output in, in attacks, so, which was good. Um, Beth England was asked after the game whose goal was it? She said maybe Neam Charles but I'll take it uh, which is nice um, right after that Brighton tried to have kind of a fight back after that goal they won a corner but AKB uh, and Cat Berger pulled off a good save uh, and it was uh, just waiting for that second goal there were some subs, Sam Kerr came on Pramila Arder came on uh, and ultimately she gets the second goal making it 2-0 um, and putting us well in charge of that game, of the of the league. Uh, we currently sit joint top of the league, uh, play the game more, but we'll, we'll take top of the table at this point. Um, and there's about 3,600 fans after everything that I've mentioned uh, with the weather that made it out there to support Chelsea. So kudos to them. And one of them was Ray Linham, who was at the game. He was messaging me from the game. Uh, and he sent me a very detailed report. He gave me some player ratings. He gave me analysis. Uh, and so you, I said, you know what? Instead of me reading it out, I think it'll be better if you join me for the next game. So in the next episode uh, on the weekend, we'll be having him on. He'll be at the at the game over the weekend, and he'll come on. He'll give you mo- a lot more detail, a lot more insight than I have been able to. But his man of the match was Joanna and Kinnear, another new signing. Uh, and she's looked very good, dangerous on the ball, off the ball, doing the work. Um, so she was the the player of the match for him. But, Ray, thank you so much for your, your report. And I look forward to chatting with you on the
0: weekend. Do you know what, Rahul? We've been covering the women's team for two years now, the whole length of the podcast since we started. And I'll say you've done a fantastic job of following them, watching them, and covering them. But got to give kudos to Ray because what you've said today was the most detailed... <laughs> You've ever given, and I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's always nice to have a a Chelsea friend on the inside pit side because some things you'll see and you'll hear, like we did when we went out to the pit side, is things that you cannot watch on the television. So Ray, thank you for doing that. You not only make Rahul's life easier, you make me more educated as a Chelsea fan. And these are things we we wanted to do the podcast to do is bring this kind of information to other listeners that cannot always attend these games or not even watch the games because of day-to-day challenges. But lovely review there. It means that we continue striding forward. So absolutely great for the Chelsea women's team. Let's talk Champions League now, Rahul. Who are we playing and what's some key factors you can tell me about them? So we are going away
1: to Salzburg. This is the fifth game of our Champions League group stage. And we've been to Austria uh, twice before, once in 1965 where we lost and once in 1994 where we drew. So we haven't actually won a game there, Uh, but hopefully we can correct that this time around because if we win this game, we not only qualify for the next round, but I believe we solidify top spot. And who would have thought that after the first two rounds where we were setting bottom of the table. Um, So it's an important game. It's a game where if you do the business here next week against uh, Zagreb at home, Graham Potter has the ability to play youngsters, give some minutes to players that aren't playing. We could still do that here. And I think he said that, but there's still a little bit riding on this game where you could just kill it off here. Think about, not even think about next week and and just focus on maybe the premier league game. So saying that is a lot easier than doing it. We've seen our struggles away from home, uh, at least against Zagreb. So
0: let's hope for a positive result. And who would you go in as a starting 11? That's a tough question. I think we opened this podcast with a discussion of, do you play three at the back or four at the back? And we're about to wrap up this podcast with the same discussion, but I think, Based on initial analysis, we're going to play a four this time. I think we're just, depending on who we have as defenders, who's fit, I think that just makes more sense. But in goal, we're going to start with Kepa. And before we break away from Kepa, Rahul, conceded his first goal after a long time in the last game. Uh, Now another one coming through. You're sticking with Kepa? You happy with his performances so far? I don't think he's put much of a foot wrong, I think.
1: No, I mean, look, the goal you concede. You, I'm trying to think to say this in the best way possible. You can Is Mandy
0: taller, right? Is Mandy got a bigger wingspan, more height? Yes, he gonna say but that? yeah, but
1: you can't blame Kepa for being born short, like, <laughs> like that's that's who he is. But he keeps us in the game up until that point. He saves that Ratchford goal, he made a couple of other stops, and, and so it's very Small-minded to be like, well, Kepa lost us this game because that was one moment where he put in his best effort. He did, yeah. And so I don't think from open play, I mean, yes, that was open play, so never mind. But from something that he should be saving easily, we haven't conceded in like over 10 hours.
0: No, and I asked this question because there are fans, not negative about Kepa, by the way, I will add... But they are hardcore Mendy lovers. And they should be because he's done a lot for the Chelsea club, right? So it's just a matter of figuring out if Mendy's going to get a chance and when Mendy's going to get a chance. And he will at some point. but Maybe maybe next week if we win here. (laughs) (laughs) If we win here, he gets to come back into the mix. But no, I'm agreeing with you. Kepa stays in. Back four. Aspilicueta at right back, I think it's it's the natural position for him at this point. Uh, at left back, maybe Kukurea can come on. He didn't play the whole 90 minutes in the previous game. He should be fit. He offers a lot going forward as well. We know he can do that. So that'd be my my two backs, I guess. In the middle, I think Silva and Chaloba. I'd love to see Kulobali, but I think he's not necessarily fit already per Graham Potter. But that man finds a way to surprise me, and you may see that. But Chaloba <laughs> and Silva together, good pairing. The middle again, due to fitness, I'd love to see Kovacic, but I think Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Joe Jr. can start this game. It gets squirrely in the front four because we have a lot of good talent. We've argued, we've debated who goes where. I think Conor Gallagher needs to get some minutes. I think Kai Havertz needs something to prove. He's not had a good season so far, so he's got to step it up. Christian Pulsic needs to get some time. Where better to give him a chance over here? Upfront's up for debate, but I'm going to go with Obama Yang. I think he needs to get a goal or two to continue.
1: And and I think that's a a good lineup, a lineup that has experience, that has some freshness, and the likes of Pulsit Connor, Kai, um, and so I think that's a good lineup. And and I was just looking back at when we played them at the bridge, uh, we went with the back three. We know how that ended. We were the better side, but we ultimately did concede. So. Um, he may end up still going with the three, but I think a four in this case, given who's available, injuries and all of that, I think it's a fair
0: um, fair shout. What do you is think is the result? It's been tough the last couple of games. I think maybe the posse spell is slowly wearing off now, and so <laughs> we're going to have to grind out some results. But I think we have everything we need to do, it, to do this, and so I'm going to go for a conservative one nil, get back to a clean sheet, but get that win and get the business done. What about yourself? Are you are you thinking the spell's still going on, or is it wearing off for you? I think it's worn off. <laughs> Casim- it's gone. You, that spell's over for you at this yeah, point. Yeah, Cas-
1: Casemiro played the role of Voldemort. Uh, there you um, go. Go. Um, I'm going to go for a 1-1, and it's, okay. I hope we win. I hope we we settle this and, and move on to the next thing, but I don't know. Chelsea never make it easy, and so that's that's why I'm going for a 1-1. But that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chelsea on all podcast providers, uh, YouTube and Instagram. And on Twitter, it's at Premier Chels. Uh, so give us a follow, subscribe, drop us a review so we can we can continue to grow and, and connect with other fans. Uh, and we will be back with a review of Salzburg and a preview of Brighton where Potter goes back home. So uh, we will be back, but until then, stay safe and up to Chelsea.
0: Hey guys, the Premier Chelsea is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home, so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code TPCOFFEE15 to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.